1: Welcome to the weekly bonus episode of Hot Off The Wire, where we look back at some of the top headlines from the week in the world of sports and entertainment. I'm Terry Lipshutz, Managing Editor of the National Newsroom at Lee Enterprises and your host. Subscribe to Hot Off The Wire through Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss daily news updates. As always, be sure to check out our latest episode of Streamed and Screened, a podcast dedicated to movies and television. Streamed and Screened is available on major podcast platforms, and there is a link in this episode's show notes. And now the top sports and entertainment headlines from the Associated Press selected from the past week.
2: Oppenheimer continues its domination of the Hollywood Awards season with big wins at the Screen Actors Guild Awards in Los Angeles. I'm Archie Zaroletta with the latest. Oppenheimer won the top prize for Outstanding Cast with acting wins for Killian Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. Divine Joy Randolph won Supporting Actress for The Holdovers. Lily Gladstone, who won Best Actress, says she could not have done it without a great cast in Killers of the Flower Moon. (laughs) You know, this is heavy. It's all literally and figuratively quite a heavy thing to carry, but it's absolutely shared. Elizabeth Debicki accepted an award without shoes for her role in the crown because she didn't think she'd win. Pedro Pascal, who won for The Last of Us, said he thought he could get drunk because he did not think he'd win two men have been convicted in the 2002 murder of Jam Master Jay of Run-DMC. A federal jury in New York has found Ronald Washington and Carl Jordan Jr. guilty in the death of Jam Master Jay, who was shot in his studio more than 20 years ago. Washington was an old friend who was staying at Jay's sister's house, while Jordan is Jay's godson. Prosecutors said the two men shot Jay for cutting them out of a cocaine deal. A witness testified seeing Jordan exchange a friendly greeting with Jay moments before shots rang out. Neither Washington nor jordan testified authorities had named washington as a suspect as long ago as 2007 both men were arrested in 2020 eagles co-founder don henley took the stand monday in the case surrounding what he says were stolen handwritten draft lyrics to hotel california and other eagles hits that made their way from his southern california barn to new york auctions During testimony, Henley was asked about his own 1980 arrest after a 16-year-old sex worker overdosed in his L.A. home. He said he wanted to escape depression because the Eagles were breaking up and called it a poor decision. Meanwhile, Greg Horowitz, Craig Enciardi, and Edward Kaczynski faced charges in the stolen lyrics case. Julie Walker, New York. A date has been set for the involuntary manslaughter trial against actor Alec Baldwin. I'm Archie Zaroleta with the latest. A judge in Santa Fe, New Mexico has called for jury selection to begin July 9th for Alec Baldwin's trial with opening statements the next day. The trial is expected to last eight days. In 2021, Baldwin was pointing a gun at cinematographer Helena Hutchins during a rehearsal for the movie Rust when the gun went off, killing Hutchins and wounding director Joel Souza. The weapons supervisor on the movie, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, is currently on trial for involuntary manslaughter. The proceedings of that trial hold implications for Baldwin. He faces up to 18 months in prison if convicted. Comedian Richard Lewis has died at his home in Los Angeles after suffering a heart attack, according to his publicist. Lewis was 76. Richard Lewis was known for turning his anxieties into stream-of-conscious stand-up. He also starred with Jamie Lee Curtis in the TV series Anything But Love as Prince John in the film Robin Hood Men in Tights and in Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David, who he met at sports camp as kids. Lewis said in a 2008 AP interview, musician Lou Reed told him what his legacy would be.
3: He said, you're going to be that neurotic Jewish comedian. I don't care if you win three Oscars, that's it. So, you know, get over it. And I did get over it. Lewis
2: once told GQ the reason he always wore black is because he loved the cowboys in Have Gun, Will Travel. The executive producers of the Lifetime documentary, Where is Wendy Williams, say they did not know she had dementia. Lifetime had made two other projects about former talk show host Wendy Williams and thought Where is Wendy Williams would be an extension of that. While producers shot scenes of Williams drunk, belligerent, and moody, they did not know she had dementia until her son told them. That's when filming stopped. Producers Erica Hansen and Mark Ford say they reached out to Williams' manager about her condition, and a short time later, Williams was placed in a treatment facility by her guardianship. Ford says they stand by airing the documentary.
4: Wendy is one of the most radically honest storytellers, you know, in the history of media. And why would this documentary not echo, you know, that incredible legacy?
2: A photographer in Australia told police he was punched in the face by Taylor Swift's father on the Sydney waterfront, hours after her Australian tour ended. Ben McDonald said he wasn't seriously hurt, but he did report the incident to police. He says members of the media had been waiting to photograph Taylor Swift as she walked with her entourage from a small pier to two waiting cars. He says a security team member started shoving his umbrella into McDonald and his camera. Taylor Swift's representative accused members of the media of being aggressive. In an email, the representative said... Two individuals were aggressively pushing their way towards Taylor, grabbing at her security personnel and threatening to throw a female staff member into the water. I'm Rita Foley.
0: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.
4: Shohei Otani needed just three exhibition at-bats to show what a $700 million man can do for the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Japanese star hit a two-run homer in his first game wearing Dodger blue, working a full count in the fifth inning before blasting an opposite-field homer off righty Dominic Leone that just cleared the left-field wall. Otani was hitless in his first two plate appearances, striking out on four pitches in the first inning before hitting a hard grounder into a double play in the third. The NFL's salary cap for 2024 will be $255.4 million, up a record $30.6 million from last year. The cap number has gone from $198.2 million in 2020 to $182.5 million in 2021 following the COVID-19 pandemic. It increased to $208.2 million in 2022 and $224.8 million last year. Teams are heading into next week's NFL combine and prepare Preparing for the free agency period to begin on March 13th, NFL teams could find a Pro Bowl quarterback, an all-pro defensive lineman, or a future Hall of Fame wide receiver when the free agency period begins on March 13th. Kirk Cousins, Chris Jones, and Mike Evans are among the best players available unless their teams use a franchise tag by March 5th. They'll be joined by running backs Derek Henry, Saquon Barkley, and Josh Jacobs, edge rushers Josh Allen, Brian Burns, and Daniil Hunter, and several other talented players. Defensive line is the deepest position while offensive tackle has the fewest starting caliber players available. Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson will resume throwing next month following right shoulder surgery that cut short his second season with Cleveland after just six starts. Watson fractured a bone in his throwing shoulder in a win over Baltimore on November 12th. He has been cleared to throw in a few weeks, General Manager Andrew Berry said at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Watson has only made 12 starts in two seasons since the Browns acquired him via trade and signed him to a $230 million contract. A judge has upheld a decision requiring Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones to take a paternity test as part of a legal dispute with a 27-year-old woman who claims the billionaire is her biological father. Jones had appealed a 2022 ruling in a paternity case brought by Alexandra Davis. The woman previously alleged in a separate lawsuit she was conceived from a relationship Jones had with her mother in the mid-1990s. Attorneys for Jones are challenging the constitutionality of the Texas law that would compel genetic testing of Jones. A federal judge has barred the NCAA from enforcing its rules prohibiting name, image and likeness compensation from being used to recruit athletes. The judge granted a preliminary injunction requested by the states of Tennessee and Virginia. The ruling undercuts what has been a fundamental principle of the NCAA's model of amateurism for decades. Third parties cannot pay recruits to attend a particular school. The judge wrote the NCAA's prohibition likely violates federal antitrust law and harms athletes. Duke coach John Shire wants the Atlantic Coast Conference to implement measures to prevent court storming after star big man Kyle Filipowski was hobbled following an on-court collision with a fan. Shire said Monday that Filipowski was a little bit sore after the incident. Filipowski had a bag of ice on his knee after banging his right leg into the leg of a fan running by him during the court storming. Shire followed his post-game call to ban court storming with a plea for the ACC to put a policy in place immediately. I'm Geffen Coolbaugh.
3: The NHL is approaching the 20th anniversary of the Senators and Flyers setting a single game record for penalty minutes, but you wouldn't have sensed that through two periods. There were five minor pedestrian infractions called in the first 49 minutes and 11 after 58 minutes of that March 5th, 2004 game. And then it got nasty. Of the 419 penalty minutes called in that game, 397 were assessed during a 32 second span between the 1815 and 1847 marks of the third. Former Flyers forward John LeClaire picked up 27 of those minutes. It's one of those things that happens in hockey. It uh, wasn't planned or anything like that. It just, uh,
4: that's kind of the way the game went.
3: Line mate Mark Recchi remembers LeClaire being part of that third brawl, scrapping with Brian Smolinski. Johnny all of a sudden was fighting somebody, and I just turned around, grabbed the first guy, and I us go. Okay. And then there, everybody else was going as well. Like LeClaire, Recchi received a game misconduct. So did Philadelphia's Patrick Sharp, who didn't fight much during his career.
4: In the moment, it was awesome. I had so many messages after the game, and the building, the energy, the fans was, uh, it was loud. I felt like a tough guy skating off the ice, that's
0: for sure.
3: Even the goaltenders weren't averse to pairing up as Patrick Laleem and Robert Esch went after each other. Senators forward Daniel Alfredson wasn't among the 20 players to be ejected during the three benches clearing brawls. What ended up being the last
4: fight was over. Uh, I was still on the ice. And uh, looking over on the bench,
3: there's more coaches than players left. The highlight, if you can call it that, was Donald Brashear pounding Rob Ray in a matchup of enforcers. It was Ray's 294th and final fight as the game evolved over the last 20 years. Fighting remains a staple in the NHL, but not nearly as commonplace as it was as late as 20 years ago when the Flyers and Senators combined for a league-record 419 penalty minutes. New rules and the implementation of a salary cap were put in place after the 2005 lockout. Making enforcers like Riley Cote almost extinct. It's obviously evolved a lot. Where guys like myself back in the day don't no longer exist. Like one-dimensional fighters, no longer exist. Minimized fighting without, throughout the league. Um, It's been a natural progression. The salary cap made general managers more reluctant to spend money on one-dimensional players whose sole purpose was to drop the gloves. The NHL has clamped down on stick infractions and unnecessary hits through rules enforcement, limiting the type of play that would necessitate the employment of a tough guy or goon. Players like Washington's Tom Wilson are the new style of enforcer. Policing opponents, but also recording 320-goal seasons as a top six forward. There have been 219 fights this season through Sunday, and compare that to the 789 fights during the 2003-04 regular season. Canucks head coach Rick Tockett collected 440 goals and 952 points from 1984 through 2002, but he also logged almost 3,000 penalty minutes. Tockett says there's still room for the occasional fight, while i Avalanche tough guy Curtis McDermott feels fighting prevents stick infractions. The stage fighting and all that stuff, that doesn't work anymore. Um, but there is a time and place for it.
2: And I think there's
1: a place in it that keeps teams honest and um, Keeps game lines well. Hall of
3: Famer Joe Mullen recorded just 241 penalty minutes while averaging over a point a game for 16 seasons. Even Mullen sees a place for the occasional fisticuffs.
0: They do need to stick up for each other out there if, some, if the other team's trying to take advantage of them that way. And as long as uh, as long as that happens. Uh, I'm poor.
3: fighting isn't going away although the days of benches clearing brawls and three-hour games seem a thing of the past blues forward Braden Shen says the threat of a about causes players to think twice before taking liberties with an opponent
4: you need guys to uh, uh, police it themselves and, and um, you know if you're gonna run around and make a big hit uh, you gotta know that sometimes you're gonna have to deal with the consequences and I think that, when you guys have that on the back of their the um, game plays itself and it's not as dirty
3: sure it took Matt Rempe and Matt Martin less than a minute to throw down the gloves in an orchestrated bout during an outdoor game between the Rangers and Islanders in February. Rempi and Matthew Olivier verbally agreed to fight each other during a game a week later, a bout that was decisive in Olivier's favor. But those scrums are not common occurrence in today's NHL. I'm Dave Ferry.
4: Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund and the Men's Professional Tennis Tour have agreed to a five-year partnership that includes naming rights for the ATP rankings. The latest move into sports by the kingdom was announced Wednesday. The ATP already had a deal that placed its next-gen ATP Finals, a tournament for players 21 and under, in Jeddah through 2027. This new arrangement includes courtside branding for the PIF at the season-ending ATP Finals and tournament in Indian Wells, California, Miami, Madrid, and Beijing.
1: I'm Geffen Koolba. I'm Terry Lipschitz, thanking you for listening. Audio provided by the Associated Press. Music is by Skillcell and provided through Pixabay. Be sure to subscribe to Hot Off the Wire on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.